Forbes Books presents The Sky's the Limit with host Dee Brown, the president and CEO of the P3 Group, the nation's largest minority, public, private, partnership real estate developer. Here's Dee. I'm honored to be joined by a member of Hip Hop Royalty. He's a legendary music mogul, entrepreneur, and philanthropist. He has so much to talk about, and we have so little time. So let's get into it. Percy Miller, a.k.a. Master P, welcome to The Sky's the Limit. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. Hey, thanks so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate you uh, taking time out of your busy schedule. Uh, Before we get started with the interview, I do want to just take a personal note to uh, just ask you how you and your family have been doing since the pandemic. I know you're from New Orleans, which is one of my favorite places to visit. Uh, But I want to check in and just make sure everybody's doing well. Yeah, everybody's doing well. And uh, we have a restaurant in New Orleans called Big Papa's. It's one of the most famous restaurants and it's doing well. Uh, We back open and it's a blessing. I feel like this pandemic, it was a curse and a blessing. And we're making the best out of it. And we thankful to be alive. I think that's the most important thing. You could get money back, but you can't get time back. So the pandemic has also given us a lot of time to spend with our loved ones and, and appreciate just life. Oh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, from a business perspective, yes. uh, it actually has enhanced our business. Uh, it, it allowed us to start thinking outside the box. It seemed like with every challenge that we face, it pre- it also create opportunity uh, yes. for those of us who have the ingenuity to take advantage of it. And I know we have so much to talk about in so little time. So uh, let's get to it and go beyond the deal. Yes. I want to start off by asking you, I know that highly successful people all seem to have that pivotal moment in our life where one decision can change the rest of our life. And your seemingly happened back in the 90s when you turned down a huge offer to sell your record label. That decision not to sell your label led to you building your empire. Do you ever think back on that day and wonder what would your life be like if you had taken that deal? Yeah, I mean, if I'd taken that deal, I just would have been an artist. I'd probably be a platinum artist. But, you know, during that time, a lot of the artists really wasn't making revenue off of their projects. That was the change that I seen that we needed to be able to really take care of families. And the only way I was going to do that is through ownership and create my own brand and my own company, which I created No Limit Records. And the deal that was offered to me, it was a bad deal. I would got a million dollars, but that's all I would have received. And I, I want people to understand that, that no deal is too big. I know growing up in poverty, coming from the struggle, everybody think a million dollars, a million dollars to what somebody going to make off of you. So imagine that that's pennies to what these companies was going to make off of me. What I was able to do as a young person making Forbes top 40, Fortune under 40, which is incredible at that time coming from the ghetto, knowing that I would never did that if I had signed that deal. And I never would be able to have the sustainability that I have now and be able to feed not only my family, but so many other families. Uh, I was able to create so many other millionaires. And I know I just would have had an artist deal. And that's what my career would have ended at. Well, I think one of the biggest issues that I see with people that aren't able to judge their self-worth, they can't differentiate between how to really 
a sign of value to their skills and talents. Yes. And obviously you had that skill set, right? So yeah. when did you grasp the concept? What, what light bulb went off in your head to make you realize that, hey, I'm worth more than what they're trying to give me because I've seen you and heard you talk about uh, this particular topic before. Yeah, I looked at the Michael Jordan deal and I remember that he had got a million dollars and he had sold all his rights away. And my grandfather always told me, uh, never do a deal when you're desperate. And um, I realized that we never really owned anything. And the key to my success, me being independent in the whole ownership thing, it, it was the only way that I knew that I could make some change to, to either help, you know, my family get out the situation. Because I grew up in a household with 16 people in a three-bedroom project. But I never felt like I was doing bad. I, I never used negative language like I'm poor, I'm broke. I always thought to myself that uh, one day I'm going to make it out here. I'm going to be all right. I feel like the negative words that you use, it really stopped you from getting to where you need to go at. And I just realized that I had nothing to lose. I'm at the bottom of life, but I didn't choose this. But if I work hard, I can get out of this. So I had to know my, my self-value. I tell people all the time, you have to know your work. There's no no way that all these artists has been working for these companies. Nobody has really been a boss. And people really didn't understand that word because being a boss takes a lot of sacrifices. I was just blessed, man. To be honest with you, I put my trust and faith in God. And I knew that if I keep working one day, if I hold on to what I have, I can change this situation for me and my family. That's very inspirational. Um, you know, I come from a from an impoverished community yes. where you know everything around me was really, you know, hopelessness. Yes. Uh, were a handful of successful people uh, in the community that, you know, you could look up to, but obviously none that were operating at the level that I wanted to be at in life. Yeah. And so if we kind of take that, that walk back in time and you brought up back when you were staying in New Orleans third ward, 16 yes. members in a, in a single uh, apartment. Yes. Were there any, inspirational figures around you or that you saw maybe on television that yeah. helped you feel hoping you that, Hey, I can get out of these conditions. Yeah. I looked at, uh, Muhammad Ali, Michael Jackson, those type of people gave me hope and let me know that you could come from this condition and you could make it out. A black man actually can be successful. My grandparents, you know, my, my grandfather, uh, fought in the Vietnam war and, he just instilled so much value in me. He was a strong man. And I catered my company behind him with the camouflage, the army fatigue. Right. And my grandmother, like she just was a strong woman, big mama. So big mama and big daddy, those people made sure I went to school. People don't realize education is the most important part because everybody thinks it's about money. Even though I didn't have money, I was educated. My grandmother made sure I went to school, made sure I got my work done. Uh, I was an A student. Even though I was living in poverty, I kept wanting to learn, kept wanting to educate myself. And I think that was the difference with me because everybody around me, they didn't value the education system. Everybody just wanted nice things. And, and I think that's where my longevity came in at, where I was taught at an early age why education is so important. I was the first to go to college, which my grandmother was like, you going to college. I don't care yeah. what you say, you are going to college. You're going to do good in school. And you're not going to play basketball unless you have good grades. 
And I've grew up as from middle school on. I love basketball. I love sports. People don't realize the music part came secondary. You know, my grandparents are not here no more, but I know they would have been proud of me this week getting a doctor's degree at Lincoln University, which nobody has accomplished anything of that magnitude in our family. And I'm just blessed. I'm blessed that they instilled in me education is so important because I'm, I'm still, a, even though I'm a successful entrepreneur, I'm still a student of the game. Even though I'm a teacher, I'm still learning. I'm still a student of business. I'm still trying to understand uh, how can I make my business better? How can I create better avenues for me and my family? So that's the part I think that even though you could be a great teacher, you always got to be a great student. And that's what my grandparents instilled in me. Well, I think you hit some very, very key points from a business perspective. And I think for the young entrepreneurs that are out there listening, that are trying to find their way, I mean, I think you said it and summed it up best. We're forever students of the, of our crafts, right? We're always yes. trying to learn, refine yep. our processes, and take our game to the next level. Because the yes. reality of it is that, especially as African-Americans, we do have to always be at the very, very top of our game, yep. right? Just have that equal seat at the table. And so we have to be 10 steps ahead of everybody else. Just being African-American, Latino, or minorities. That's what we need to understand. We always talk about what we don't have and where we come from. Like, I realize that I can't change the past, but I can change the future. And that's why education is so important. We have to stop praying for money and start praying for wisdom. And that's what I pray for. I pray for wisdom and knowledge. The money come and go. If you're an entrepreneur, you could have $100 million one week. You have $10 the next week. And, and you can go back in there and get back on the horse and keep running. And it's a marathon and not stopping and, and chase your dreams and your goals. But you have to have a, a plan of action. And I tell people all the time, like, even you look at us where we are as a race, we look at the top CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. We only make up a tenth of 1%. You don't see that many African-Americans when you look at Forbes, Fortune 500, and you see these companies, you might see one or two African-Americans. We have to change that narrative. We graduate more women out of HBCUs than any other university. And where are these females that should be running these companies? So that's why I work hard for the diversity to change that. The only way we're going to change that is through economic empowerment. That's why we create business and we want to see other millionaires and multi-millionaires and billionaires we want to keep creating that and build so for me i have product i have all kind of product but my thing is i don't just want to see my product into these grocery stores or into these supermarkets i want to see thousands of us with product so now they can't stop if you look at we thought that aunt your mom and uncle ben was owned by us and when we found out we have to do something about this and i'm saying the only way we're going to change the injustice that's going on in our culture is through economic empowerment. It's not marching in the streets. We have to have a real plan of action. The plan of action is we have to create more business, own more product, buy more property. And the only way we could do that is through ownership. And that's the way we create economic empowerment. Now we get a seat at the table and now we're able to put more African-American judges Congress people into office, and now we have a chance to verse our opinion. Even when you look at the uh, judicial system or the police uh, department, it's good cops and bad cops. The only reason that we can't 
do what we need to do, we have no ownership. We have no rights. And, and we have to change that through education to even take out the bad cops from the uh, police department. Then you have to be able to say, okay, I have property in this community. I want to verse my opinion. We don't, we want people from our community that know us to make that change. I tell my people all the time, we don't know the laws. We think we know the laws. We, we think we know our rights, but we're not educated to that. So once right. we start educating ourselves to the system, that's the only way we could help Band-Aid to fix it for us. We can't keep crying that we come from slavery and they did us bad. My thing is I keep telling people we can't change the past, but we can change the future. That's absolutely true. There's just so much accuracy in everything that you've spoken. And it makes me kind of pivot into my next question to you. I mean, you have been very successful at crossing over from being a rapper, hip hop, yes. hip hop artist, and to being a business person, right? Yes. And me watching young people up and coming, wanting to be in the rap game, wanting to be in the hip hop game, they don't understand how to make that transition and the importance of being a good business person, man yeah. or woman, in addition to having that skill and craft. And so you've been able to do that and you've been able to maintain your respect in both the, the rap game, right? As yeah. well as the community. So why yeah. do you think you've been so successful at being able to manage both of those arenas? Because I'm not afraid to admit that I don't know everything. I'm not afraid to fail. I learned from my failures. Uh, it's not a loss, it's a lesson. I don't mind putting experts on my team. I get rid of the people that are not pushing me. I only want people around me that's going to push me. I want people around me that's going to make me better. I'm not afraid to grow. There's no such thing as keeping it real. It's all about right and wrong and doing what's right and bettering yourself. Doing what's right for my family. Nobody's perfect. I, I know I'm a work in progress. It's all about getting better. It's almost like being an athlete. Consistency. You, you keep working on your craft. You keep doing what you need to do to get better. Uh, I tell people all the time, we all got 24 hours. If you just want to hang out and party and just chill, you're not going to have nothing. People that's making sacrifices, people that's growing, people that want to better themselves, they want better for their family. If you put the time and you got to put the work in, I tell people all the time, you don't work, you don't eat. You can't cheat success. I don't care if you're an athlete, you're an entertainer, you're a businessman, you're a businesswoman, you can't cheat success. And a lot of people want that shortcut. There's no shortcut to success. It's all hard work and sacrifice. When they sleep, you up working, you up thinking, coming up with ideas. And that's, that's how I was able to change it. Not being afraid to grow for the better. I think as a culture, we want to keep it real with the wrong people. What about keeping it real with your family? Uh, doing what's right for yourself. I think the difference with me is I put my trust and faith in God, not in man. So I know if I'm doing the right thing and I'm doing the godly thing, I know I'm going to keep growing. Nobody's perfect, and I know I'm a work in progress. So, But I try to at least surround myself around people that's going to tell me what's right and what's wrong instead of just yes people around me. And I try, to, I try to be around people that's educated and smart people that, that are thinkers. I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. Right. And it's, so, it's amazing to me that so much of what you say or are saying um, right now, I have been preaching this to friends, family, yeah. to my employees, that 
I don't hire yes men. I don't want yeah. you here just to tell me everything I say or every decision I make is correct. Yes. You want people to challenge your decision, to put you to the test, yes. to make you think outside the box. And so it's so critical to do that. You have to have people around you that are smarter than you in yes. at least in areas, right? You can't know everything about every yeah. topic. And I think that that's what I see so many young people now feel like they know everything about every topic and they are not willing to take the lessons that we've paid dues for, right? And yeah. use those to their full advantage. And so that's something I talk to my, my kids about, I talk to my employees about and friends about. So it's just so much truth to, um, in what everything that you said there. A lot of people think they're the boss just because they got the money. And right. people don't realize that's why it's corporations, it's companies, it's shareholders, it's investors. So I tell people all the time, if I'm going to make an investment into you, then you have to have skin in the game. You have to love what you're doing, too. And I, I think that we make investments in the wrong people. Like, I even had to cut family members off because they was going to mess my business up. And, right. and I said, I would rather give you something and get you out of my life than have you ruin my business. Because this is the way we are building generational wealth. And right. you might not see it right now, the big picture. But if we keep doing the right thing, because you think about it right now in this generation, which they call in the generation Z, people don't look at positive things as being cool. But when you look at it in the long haul, doing the right thing, you're going to surpass anything that's overnight success, anything right. that's just there for the moment when you have a real plan and a real plan of action. And, and, and that's what I was saying about us marching in the streets now every time something happens. I tell my people, I'm down for my people. I'm going to be here for my people. But I'm going to be the one that we got to think what we do. I'm going to have a plan of action. I'm tired of marching in the streets. Martin Luther King right. paid the way for us for that. Now it's about economic empowerment. It's about us creating banks, African-American-owned banks, us creating schools, libraries to educate the next generation, showing these athletes, not just be an athlete, learn the financial advisor position, what they do, educate yourself so now you can know what to do with your money. And they're not holding you hostage with your own money. And I, and I think the education part is what's so important for me to be able to give our culture the blueprint because nobody really want to do that for us. They, they, they show us how to get money, but they don't show us how to keep it, or how to maintain it, or how to spend right. it, right? Or, or how to invest. You know, we talk about stock market, we talk about crypto, we talk about cryptocurrency and all this stuff. But guess what? By the time our culture get into this, we're just losing because we're not educated to it. Right. That's correct. And one of the greatest parts of capitalism and entrepreneurship is that ability to create generational wealth. And so- yes. Generational wealth is actually a relatively new concept within the African-American community, especially. In my opinion, it's a significantly different concept than being rich. And yes. so this concept of being able to give your kids and grandkids a head start in life, to me, is yes. critically important. So how do you yes. view that as part of your legacy, being able to build that generational wealth for your future uh, generations? Well, I mean, it's, it's what I work for. It's what I get up for every morning and saying I need to leave something here for my family to be able to pass down the way these other 
cultures been doing for so long. They've been passing down generational wealth. They descendants are running companies. They are running property buildings. They are managing millions and billions of dollars of funds. And when you look at the African-American culture, we're starting to wake up. We're starting to realize what trust funds, family funds, and also because we spend more money than any culture. We spend trillions of dollars, but we don't make it. But as a, as a whole, our buying power and the way we spend, we should be controlling this country, but we're not. And I think that's where the disconnect comes from, that, that we're not taking the ownership of saying, how do I change that narrative? And that's preparing my family. You got to prepare your family. You got to start with education. Like we have to start sending our kids to college instead of the prison and having to come back and having seconds and third chances. I'm just blessed that I'm able to give my kids a different life to where now somebody, or all of them could say, I want to do this. I want to do that. And then we have the fun to, to fund their ideas, to fund what what their dreams are. And and that's how you build generational wealth. And and they also be able to keep the business going that that we have put together, that we planned for so many years. So many years of struggle and pain, but to have a family business, I mean that's I think that's probably the most important thing to me that I yeah. realize because I tell people all the time, product outweighs talent. If you look at it, you know, I go back to Aunt Mom and Uncle Ben, they made billions of dollars off people that look like us thinking that we own that. Imagine being able to put money back into the community. My whole concept is the more I make, the more I give. Right. With the wrap snacks, the wrap noodles, the Master P Crunch cereals, the Hooty Hoo cereals, the Master P Puffs, the Uncle P Rice. It's all about giving our people opportunity and to be able to run a family-owned business that will be around even when I'm not around. Right. And so you mentioned a lot of your brands and um, I'm, I'm interested. I'm sure the listeners are interested to understand when you talk about your wrap snacks and wrap noodles, yeah. your brands, your Uncle P, Louisiana season that you launched. Yeah. I think you now have your own beverage line, right? Yes. L.A. Great Water, living authentically, get you really excited about today. That's what L.A. Great is and the ice cream, L.A. Great ice cream. So. I've been so my whole thing where people tell me at first, P, why don't why you launch so many products? I said, if you look at catalogs and all these companies, they got thousands of products. We just get caught up with just having one product and thinking that's what we need to be at. You can't build wealth in the pass it down from generation with just one product. Some people might, but my thing is diversifying our portfolio and being able to get product on these shelves with people that look like us, owned by us, and being able to give more opportunity to our culture and our people. So I'm diversifying my portfolio. I did the same thing in music. Uh, I wouldn't have been successful with one record. At one time, I had 22 albums on the Billboard charts at one time, top 200, which is incredible. And right. so I'm, I'm saying imagine that in product and food when you look at all these other big companies, General Mills, you know, they got thousands of products. That's why I want to educate my culture and give them that blueprint to say, imagine if we start thinking bigger. How are we able to really build generational wealth 
Well said. Well, hang on, Percy. We have to stop right here. But coming up in the second part of my conversation with Percy Miller, we'll step into my world of real estate development and find out what Master P is doing in that space. I'm constantly building with my family. We are buying properties, redeveloping properties, and uh, we're just growing. I just think that's the most important thing. Once you learn the real estate business and you understand the whole wealth game, they've been doing it forever. This has been The Sky's the Limit with D Brown. To find out more about D, go to dbrownceo.com. And to connect with the P3 Group, check out the p3groupinc.com. The Sky's the Limit is a production of Forbes Books.